Hi, I'm Chris Berry, a sales manager here at Caterpillar. Welcome to Cat Power Podcast, a series of podcasts focused on various subjects within oil and gas. Today we're discussing flaring and exploring various solutions Caterpillar has to reducing flaring. I'm joined today by Derek Camp from Caterpillar Oil and Gas, who is Caterpillar's well-service industry manager. Before taking the role of well-service industry manager, Derek spent several years leading Caterpillar's well-service product strategy and R&D. Hi, Derek. Thanks for joining us today and welcome to the call. Hey, Chris. Appreciate you having me. Anytime. So let's dive right in with the first question. Most people listening are probably well acquainted with flaring, but for anyone who's not, can you give a quick overview of what flaring is and why it gets flared in the first place? Yeah, Chris, happy to. Flaring is a natural byproduct of drilling for oil, typically in a basin that's very rich in oils or liquids underground. Anytime you you drill the well and then hydraulically fracture the well, you're going to get a lot of oil and liquids that come out along with natural gas. Depends on what basin you're in, but the basins that are drilling for oil, typically you have two things you could do with that, with the natural gas that comes with it. One, you either flare it, which means just burning the power source off, right? You're getting rid of the gas, which requires permitting. Or second, you need to clean the fuel up. But since it's usually a high energy content, that can cost a lot of money. And once you clean it up, then you sell it to the market. Thanks, Derek. So what's Caterpillar's solution to balancing the economic and environmental impacts of flare gas? Yeah, Chris. So Caterpillar Oil and Gas has multiple solutions available. The first is a a semi-modular power plant that uses captured flare gas to produce electricity. So you're able to take natural gas that, you know, was going to be flared and wasted and produce electricity, which, you know, all sites need. Um, We've also made an investment into G2IT, which is a company that provides mobile gas treatment at a lower cost than traditional methods. And then lastly, the new Tier 4 final DGB engine that's been in production for roughly a year can operate on actual flare gas. Thanks, Derek. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about the DGB you mentioned there. What's DGB stand for and what makes this engine special? Yeah, so DGB stands for Dynamic Gas Blending. So it's Caterpillar's dual fuel platform. We have two engines that are DGB for the hydraulic fracturing market. One for our 3512C, which is a tier two engine, and one for our 3512E tier four final. The technology is quite different between the two, but both can earn 850 to 1250 lower heating value gas with minimal treatment. The primary difference is how that technology is applied. The Tier 2 is a fumigation system, so it can achieve up to 65% diesel displacement, whereas the Tier 4 final DGB is what I call port-injected gas with air-fuel ratio control. That allows the engine to burn up to 85% of its fuel from natural gas. Okay, so let me know if I have this down right. So the environmental benefit is less flare and fewer emissions, right? That's correct. Yes, with uh, the Tier 4 final Since it's air-fuel ratio controlled and port-injected, we actually can minimize methane slip. So methane slip is down to single-digit percentages, and we can also reduce the overall greenhouse gas footprint. When you compare the 3512E DGB back to the diesel version of it, the 3512E, it has the same or fewer greenhouse gas footprint, which means, you know, for operators, right, your overall greenhouse gas footprint is going to be lower. Okay, well, that all sounds great environmentally, but what about the economic benefits of the DGB engine? Yes, I mentioned in the previous questions, the DGB, you know, depending upon the model, 
Uh, the tier two is 65% displacement. The tier four final is 85% displacement. Uh, so what this means to an operator is if you're burning 100 gallons an hour, let's say, of diesel fuel, 85 gallons of that will be converted to using a lower cost fuel of natural gas. In fact, it's that fuel that you are more than likely we're going to flare off and not use anyway. So it's taking that instead of wasting the energy, it's applying it to some sort of operation that you are going to do. I think it's also fair to point out that we offer DGB in our drilling market as well. I forgot to mention that. No worries. Appreciate you elaborating on that topic. What if you're not using flare gas? Is CNG or LNG a viable option for well service sites? Yeah, Chris, interesting question. You know, there are three types of gas, right? If we just break it into buckets of types of gas that you can bring, you know, to location to power a frac site. The first you mentioned, flare gas, right? Obviously, that's the most economical, right? Because you're taking gas that's directly off the wellhead, minimal treatment, and using it to power either a DGB engine or, you know, a gas turbine for electric frack. No matter what the driver is there, flare gas is going to be the best economical. As you move to CNG and LNG, there's obviously more cost that goes into bringing that gas to site, right? You have some minimal treatment that you have to do to it. You have to compress it down for CNG into the bottle of the transport to site. For LNG, you actually have to put more energy into it to liquefy it and and put it in a container to bring to site. As the price of gas goes up, right, so as you increase that cost of the CNG and LNG, you really got to pay attention to the fuel efficiency of your DGB engine compared to a gas turbine. And if you look at fuel efficiency, you know, a, a recip engine, DGB engine, is fairly constant efficiency across multiple RPMs and multiple loads. Even down to an idle, the DGB engine efficiency is fairly constant. For a gas turbine, that's not the case. At at idle and as ambient and altitude vary, the efficiency of a gas turbine at idle goes up significantly. So you got to take that into consideration when you're looking at CNG and LNG. At a higher price per DGE or diesel gallon equivalent, it can quickly eat the savings that you you thought you were going to get with a gas turbine. Whereas on a recip DGB engine, since the efficiency is constant, it's less of an impact. And looking at site emissions overall, with or without the use of flare, how do gas turbines and DGB engines stack up against each other? Great question, Chris. You know, to really look at site emissions, you have to put together what you believe or a service provider believes a true duty cycle of a a frac site is. But if we look at a standard duty cycle, right, most frac companies are pumping 16 to 18 hours a day with the, the remaining time being at idle. If you take a duty cycle like that and we compare it down to, you know, I look at the three main constituents that I hear EMPs and service providers talk about are NOx, CO, and greenhouse gas. If we start with the first, NOx, both the Tier 4 DGB and turbines are really good at reducing NOx. The Tier 4 is obviously certified from the EPA, right? So it's it's built and it's certified to, to hit the NOx emissions, whereas gas turbines are in an unregulated market. But they, too, across the duty cycle, produce lower NOx than what a Tier 4 DGB can. It's not by much, but it is a slight improvement. When you go to the next constituent I talked about with CO, hands down, the Tier 4 DGB is going to get you the lowest environmental impact there. One of the primary drivers for that is the Tier 4 DGB has a diesel oxidation catalyst, or you'll hear us talk about the acronym DOC. Having that on there, it, it basically does a chemical reaction of the exhaust gases, to pull out CO. 
So having that on there, you know, CO is almost zero. It's very low compared to what a gas turbine will get you. And then on the front of greenhouse gas, you know, this is the buzzword in the industry. Everyone is focused on ESGs, rightfully so, right? It's a, you know, environmental social governance. So everyone wants to keep the planet clean. So as engine manufacturers and turbine manufacturers, we're striving to, to get the lowest greenhouse gas footprint we can. One area where the 3512E DGB shines is, you know, we've minimized methane slip to only single digit percentages. So the methane emissions are actually very, very low on a tier four DGB. And also CO2 out of the engine is extremely low. On the flip side, if you're looking at gas turbines, gas turbines are designed to run at steady state high loads. So putting a gas turbine in a, in a frack cycle where it does have extended periods of idle, that's where gas turbines have a lot higher greenhouse gas footprint than a recip DGB. We're hearing a lot about e-frack as well, or electric fracking. How does the DGB engine stack up? Yeah, e-frack is a, is a big buzzword in the industry today. You know, it's really two mindsets, right? E-frack allows you as an operator to burn up to 100% natural gas, so your only fuel source is natural gas. So if that's your primary objective is to remove 100% of the flare gas and consume as much gas as possible, EFRAC helps you accomplish this. But with every positive, there's usually a drawback. EFRAC's upfront capital cost is a lot higher than a reciprocating engine. So DGB allows you to get very close to 100% natural gas, up to 85%, but at a significantly reduced capital cost. Appreciate that. What's been the service contractor's response to running a DGB fleet, and how's it impacted the EMPs? That's a really great question, Chris. The feedback on our Tier 4 final DGB has been extremely positive. The customers that are running a complete spread of Tier 4 final DGBs are seeing, on average, you know, 75-ish percent displacement across an entire day. So if you look at a typical frack site, it burns 10 to 12,000 gallons of diesel fuel a day when in operation. So if we just take the 10,000 number to keep it simple, that means that 7,500 gallons of diesel fuel that would have been used as diesel is actually natural gas. And this natural gas right comes directly from flaring. So EMPs are happy because they're reducing their overall amount of flare gas and actually using it on a frack location to help lower their costs. Derek, that was my uh, last question for you. I really appreciate you taking me and the listeners through these solutions to reducing flaring today. Thanks, Chris. For more information about any of the solutions we have discussed today with Derek, please visit cat.com forward slash oil and gas and follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Cat Oil and Gas. Thanks again and see you soon. <laughs>